Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is episode number 85. We're coming to the end of January already, so Crystal, please tell us now how the first month of the year of our Lord, 2024, (laughs) has been treating you. You're stumbling through that first line. This is not boding well. I can't even read. You know this. Well, this month has flown by. I can't believe it's going to be February in like two days. I've managed to keep some of my resolutions so far. Really? Yeah, I wanted to read at least one book a month, and I'm almost done with the second book in January, so I'm ahead on that one. Did you start that book in January? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I have nothing I can say. (laughs) I did. I guess. I also haven't played any games on my phone since early January when I deleted it on one of our Patreon episodes. Yeah, and you try, and she tries to make me feel bad I about don't. it. It's like I'm playing poker on this VR thing. She got, she got. Me Do for I Christmas. say anything to you? No, you don't. But you say it like no. I haven't played a game since <laughs> December of 2021. No, I say it because for me, it's just something that helps me not focus. Necessarily. Yeah, I feel like I get more done. At least that's what I tell myself. Accomplish things. You've been very. Very accomplished here in the past few months. You've uh, practically turned this house around. We were on the brink of destruction. No. This house was falling into disrepair. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. If you came in our house and you saw the things that she had to deal with, like when we were at dinner earlier tonight, there were like three slats from a blind that were slightly off angle. And I've never noticed it before, but she well, pointed it out. Do you and know I why realized they're like that? So the reason the blinds are down in the first place are because you said we had to lower them in order to film a board game the other night. Yeah, that's standard practice. So it did that. And then some of them didn't lower correctly, so they're not even. And to reach the top ones, I have to get on a chair. And when I do that, then I'm reminded of how I need to clean all the blinds. But there's so many blinds in this house. You don't know, but we have like 20. And they're the large slat blinds, and they have to be washed like they're two because they're in the kit. Some of the ones in the kitchen, they get grease on them from being in the kitchen area, dining area. So they have to be washed, not just like dusted. So it's a whole process. It's a whole afternoon. And somehow that probably devolved into you looking up how to make homemade degreaser from things you buy only at and Dollar then General. You're in there creating more mess by spilling spaghetti sauce on yourself. Knocking over all the bowls off of the little shelf. <laughs> Why don't you say how it really happened? I was trying to pour the spaghetti uh, or the pasta. Uh, penne pasta out of a bowl into a container, and somehow I managed to splash tomato sauce all over my shirt. And then I was like, oh, no. And it's almost like a slapstick <laughs> comedy. So I start to stagger into the bathroom because she told me to drench my shirt so it wouldn't set or something. And I don't know. I was kind of distracted by the way that my joggers that I had on caught the edge of her Tupperware statue. She's got this <laughs> idol to Tupperware in the house, uh, and it caught there, and then I knocked all the Tupperware off of it into the floor, and then I'm staggering in the bathroom, and we got some new LED lights, and I was going to help her move her containers or shelves or whatever we call these things these days, and she told me to leave. Yeah, I wasn't having you break all of my Fiesta wear. Yeah, well, that's going to happen. You might as well just come to terms with that. That That's, that's just an inevitability. So I am an inevitability. A very eventful evening and a very eventful month. Yeah. I have made some progress on my novel, so I think if I just keep talking about it every week, 
Maybe that'll motivate me to keep going. Oh, I'm supposed to hold you to this. Mm-hmm. What about bangs? Oh, I haven't concluded. Well, I'm wearing a lot of um, beanies these days, so the bangs don't really work with that. Oh, what about when it comes April? Yeah, so I'll make I'll work on that decision okay. when I get there. All right. Well, then I won't hold you to that, but I am going to hold you to finishing that book. We'll see in 11 months how much of that I've accomplished. Better have the whole dang thing done. So how about you? What great things have you accomplished this month? I have drawn art for our new YouTube channel that we're planning and we're going to be recording. And it's going to be in addition to Scary Savannah and Beyond. And it's going to be separate, though. Because we didn't have enough things to do as it was. <laughs> ah, yeah. We're, we're actually talking right now to like two other podcasts Uh not necessarily just podcasts, but people that are interested in podcasting and perhaps us uh, teaming up with some people. And I'm not going to really talk about that on the air right now because I have no idea where that's going. So we'll see how that goes. But we thought, hey, we got so much extra time on our hands. <laughs> Why don't we start a whole nother venture? And you know how we've talked about how much we like board games. So we thought we would make a YouTube channel, solely YouTube dedicated to board gaming and playthroughs and because people do that there's a lot of people that do it for, and people like to watch it and the people that are hearing this that aren't into the board game scene are like how many times can you talk about monopoly and risk yeah, before you get monopoly. bored <laughs> it's much more complicated than that and we learned that filming it is much more complicated than that as well because yeah. it comes off really boring if you don't do it right so we've got to well, we knew how to do it right. We were just trying to make shift Jimmy it and make it work. And turns out the equipment I have isn't quite geared well, for no, it. Well, no, it was the fact that it was 50 minutes into the game and we had hardly done anything. Oh, well, that because we, we were picked talking. the wrong game. We were just in the wrong explaining way. it instead of playing it. Yeah. Which takes too long. And what people want to see is us fighting each other. So that's what yeah. they're going to tune into. True. But what I've really accomplished here that I'm kind of proud of is uh, Crystal makes this claim that I haven't played a game on my phone or my watch or whatever. And you know what I said? I said, you know what? I'm not even going to own a watch anymore. So that Apple watch that I had, I no longer possess it. And I bought myself, which hasn't been delivered yet, but hopefully we'll be here by the time this episode airs, a brand new old school granddaddy looking analog watch. Well, you also bought another watch first. And I really liked that watch, and I was becoming attached to it. And Crystal, as soon as she saw it, she hated it. I and, just said it was boring. And, and, well, this watch hate. I'm getting is boring, too, because I'm a boring old no, man. No, I think this one's more interesting. And I feel like I deserve that now, since today is the first time in our relationship in my life that I walked over to... I don't know what I was going to do, kiss you or something, which, you know, I guess I shouldn't have done that. Because when I leaned over, she's like, you've got so much gray in your beard. I said white. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Well, thanks. it's just odd that you don't have any gray hair on your head. And you never have had even one. But it's coming in full force on your face. I don't know why. But I say all that to say that I, I should deserve to keep both watches and so wear one on each you've arm. accomplished buying two expensive watches that yeah. are neither one of them are an Apple Watch, which is what I wanted yeah. to get. No, no, not <laughs> at all. So well, I feel like I've done a lot. And this allowed me to declutter, so I'm not so mad about it. I got to declutter all the watch bands that go to your Apple Watch that you won't be using anymore. What? There you go. So I made a lot of room. I was really thinking about you the whole time. I was really I made a lot of room in my jewelry cabinet, so I'm excited about that. Perfect. 
One other goal we've talked about is playing through our game library this year. So far, we've played five different games, maybe six now. We made a list of all the games and hung it on the fridge so we can track it. I'm not sure if we're going to complete it, but I think we might because there's like 60 games on there, I think. We can make this happen. I think we can. We have the power. I mean, you're already upset at me because we don't have time to play the game that I told you we could play tonight. I know. It was like, I've been ready since five o'clock with this script, and it's 10.18 at this point. How long? You're, it's worse than dealing with a woman with you. No, you're it's getting not. getting ready to get it's something? <laughs> yes, it could it be is. worse if I was a woman, and then you had to deal with a woman. <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a day. A whole day. It's been a whole day. Wow. I've been waiting on you for five hours. Well, I hope I'm worth it. We'll see. No, you're supposed to say, yeah, you're always worth it. <laughs> you are always, you're always worth, worth it. it. Speaking of games, don't forget to sign up for our game giveaway to win our copy of Hunt a Killer Mystery at Hunter's Lodge. I hope that's the correct title. I don't know. I'm just reading what <laughs> it's you something wrote. something like that. <laughs> I'm just reading what you wrote. You have a few days left to enter before we announce the winner on our February 4th episode. Just go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com and fill out the form at the top of our webpage for your chance to win. And if you want to get extra content, bonus episodes, and ad-free episodes, you can go to our Patreon and sign up for that. Every week, we also do on our Patreon episode a upcoming segment that we talk about a sneak peek of the upcoming week's episode, and we just go off on that. Yeah, we Crazy. can talk about anything. No you real, just never know what's going to happen. No real structure, yeah. but if you want to get more behind the scenes, like what, what our relationship's like, <laughs> I don't know why you'd want that. But if you would like to find out more, you can tune into that through our Patreon and be like our newest Patreon member who goes by Matt Chu. I don't know if that's his name. It's like Matthew, but Matt Chu. I, I like it. I apologize if I'm doing that incorrectly. That's a pretty cool name. But I like it. It makes me think of Star Wars it for does. some reason, doesn't it? Yeah. But thank you for signing up. And uh, they have access to a plethora of things, ranging from cryptids and mysteries to random therapy sessions. <laughs> thank you, Matt Chu. I feel like we should have some sort of sound effect for these shout outs. Can you make that happen? I don't know. Maybe I can do some elephants or something. Oh, no. That'll give me flashbacks. <laughs> remember remember uh, them alarm clocks? Yeah, the alarm clock you had. That you wake up like, in cold sweats. I heard of elephants running through the house. Oh, turn it off. <laughs> so we were talking about board games earlier, and one of the games we play is called Viticulture. Yeah. And in that game, you're in Italy, essentially working a vineyard and making wine to sell. The money you make is called Lira. It's a fun game. I love money and wine. I love money. I love money and wine and working in fields. Well, maybe not that part. But anyway, like planting plants from Home Depot. Uh, so anyway, the story we have this week takes place in Italy, and there is wine involved and some lira, but that's as far as the connection goes. In fact, this story, unlike the game of viticulture, needs a trigger warning. This is not family friendly, so listener discretion is advised. Don't say I didn't warn you. It's your fault if you let your kids listen from this point forward is what we're saying. I'm probably not even old enough to listen to this then. Picture it. Italy, 1893. A young, beautiful peasant girl. Oh, wait. <laughs> that was Sophia from Golden Girls. Oh, you should have brought a in a handbag. <laughs> Picture you... <laughs> it. Montella of Alino, Kingdom of Italy, 1893. A young, beautiful girl named Amelia Dinolfi is coming to the age where she will choose a husband. As we all do. 
Being young and beautiful affords her her choice of eligible young men. In the society, it always pays to marry someone wealthy to improve your station in life. Unfortunately for this young woman, one night she is attacked and raped by a drunkard named Mariana Chinchuli. Okay, this got dark. I told you this it was going to get dark real, fast. real quick. Okay. As if that wasn't bad enough, Amelia soon discovered she was pregnant. Italians were mostly Roman Catholics, and the only solution for becoming pregnant out of wedlock was to marry the man, even if he were a rapist and a drunk. That sounds like a really bad situation. Yeah. The devastated young woman was forced by her family to marry this man. Needless to say, her prospects of a rich, happy life were dashed, and not only did she blame her new husband, but also her newborn baby, who was born on April 18, 1894. She named the baby Leonardo and showed great disdain for her, making her young life miserable. Okay. So you can see her picture now. You okay, let me take a look here. This is Leonardo as an adult. Okay, this first picture. Mm-hmm. All right. Leonardo's father died when she was very young, around the age of two or so. Leonardo's mother remarried, and this time she found a proper husband, but she was it was they were still living in poverty. And she went on to have more children with her new husband, and she loved her new children and made no secret of this. She always went out of her way to treat her other children better than Leonardo. Leonardo suffered from epilepsy during her childhood, and this led her mother to believe that Leonardo was a demon child. Okay, that's unfortunate. Leonardo's life was so unbearable that she tried on numerous occasions to end it. She tried to hang herself on two occasions. The first time, someone found her and got her down in time. Her mother was sure to tell her that she was disappointed that she had lived. Oh, gosh. Yeah, she was terrible. This is terrible. Yeah, it gets worse. Oh, no. On her second attempt to hang herself, the rope broke. She tried other things like eating shards of glass, but nothing happened. She must have really had a bad situation. Her mom must have really just made her absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. Clearly, Leonardo's mental health is not in a good place, but she found no sympathy from her mother. As Leonardo grew up, her mother began searching for a suitor for her daughter. She intended to have Leonardo marry up, thus raising her standing in the community as well. Life is tough at this period of history. This is the early 1900s now. Okay, yeah. We're going into World War One. Not a good time to be alive in this region. A lot of poverty. Think. Yeah. Amelia was desperate to give the family out of poverty by marrying Leonardo off to a wealthy man. You can see this is Leonardo as a young woman. She's pretty. Okay. She's attractive. All right. So this is the first picture. Mm-hmm. All right. So she should be able to marry well, which was important in that society. Okay. Good. No, she doesn't good. age well, as we'll see later. But okay. at this time, her prospects are good. Leonardo, however, met and fell in love with a local registry office clerk, Raphael Pensardi, who was no looker and was a good deal older than her. But he certainly wasn't wealthy. He was extremely poor, but Leonardo was madly in love with him. And you can see the next picture is the her. Next picture. Okay. With let's him. See. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he is a looker. <laughs> he is not. Goodness gracious. <laughs> and this is her older. So. I think he wears my prescription. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the attraction was, but there was something. Well, I'll tell you what. It sort of looks like that American Gothic painting you've it seen. It does. Except the Italian <laughs> version. Yeah. And he's like... It looks like he's looking at a guy behind the camera holding a gun on like, him. What is saying, this? Witchcraft. All right, now, smile. And he's like, <laughs> he just opens his mouth. Leonardo's mother was having none of this young love nonsense. Marriage was about social standing, not love. She forbade Leonardo from seeing Raphael 
and she said if she insisted on marrying him, she would never speak to her again. How did she just not fall in love with him at first sight? Just like uh, Leonardo did. (laughs) I mean, look at him. He looks like he's got a good head on his shoulders. (laughs) He does not. I mean, he's mostly head and shoulders, but okay. Leonardo married Raphael anyway, and the couple moved to a town called Loria in 1921. Her mother was true to her word and would never speak to Leonardo again, but before she left, she did take the time to put a curse on Leonardo's life. Oh, well, that's real sweet of her. <laughs> you know, one little passing yeah. gift to her on the end. You know, that was a big thing with, uh, you've heard all the things in Golden Girls. I've Sophia's. heard Sophia. Yeah, She's she put a, a curse on somebody. A pox. Yeah. A pox on you. <laughs> yeah, they, they were big people. believers in that. Well, I mean, there's probably some stuff we could talk about on an episode where curses are probably real. Well, she believed this one was. You know, there's power in words. Mm-hmm. Leonardo was very much a believer in curses. Magic and the occult were very common among the people. Every town would have like a wise woman, a fortune teller of sorts, and there were traveling fortune tellers and things like that. And she often sought out their advice and wisdom. One day, Leonardo visited a Romani fortune teller in hopes of having her fears calmed. She was terrified of this curse. All Leonardo wanted was a husband, a home, and a house full of children. Well, that certainly sounds like an admirable goal. Mm-hmm. Why would her mother be such a monster? To her? <laughs> no. She was hoping for confirmation that her mother's curse would not interfere with her plans. Unfortunately, the fortune teller told her that she would indeed have many children, but that Leonardo would live to see each one of them die. This is, you didn't tell me that this was going to be depressing. Oh, just wait. Oh, good grief. This led to Leonardo becoming even more unhinged. She was in constant fear of the curse. It seemed to be coming true as over the next several years, Leonardo became pregnant several times, only to have them end in miscarriages. Over the next years, she would have 17 pregnancies. Three were miscarriages. Ten children died in their childhood, and four of them survived childhood. So she had four living children. So how often did children die like this in that time frame. I mean, and I, I don't think like I'm this. sure this is an extreme yeah. case, but is was child infant uh, mortality well, rate yeah. higher than? Oh as yeah, well? because it was poverty stricken Italy in the early 1900s. You would expect that, but not this many. It would be interesting to see what the average yeah. uh, child mortality rate would have been in Probably this a region. A couple of them at least, but I, not but ten. No, that's, and then three miscarriages. That's a lot. These unimaginable tragedies led her down a dark path of mental instability. Life was a constant struggle for Raphael and Leonardo. Raphael did not make enough money to support his family, and Leonardo was forced to get a job. In 1927, she was hired to clean a bank at night. One night, she went through the bank books and decided to add her name to one of those books to make it look like she had money in the bank as well. Now, please tell me that this is probably like the forefather of Loomis Fargo. Yes, this is what I was thinking of. (laughs) It's like, you know, it was the Italian version, but hey. (laughs) This didn't last long. I think only the first night she did it, the next day they found it. So they discovered this, and she was arrested for fraud and spent some time in prison. What was she thinking? She was desperate. Well, yeah, that people do do some strange things in desperate times. This is, I'm not, I couldn't confirm that story. Like, I don't know if that's exactly what she did, but she did go to prison for fraud. So it was something along those lines. I mean, what else could she have done? Yeah, it was something with bank fraud. All right. 
When she was released from prison around 1930, the couple relocated to Lacedonia, hoping to start over again. Unfortunately, they suffered another tragedy when a magnitude 6 earthquake struck the area, destroying their home and everything they owned. So you can see the next picture. Was this it part of the, the mother's curse here? Did she say an earthquake unto you as well? Probably. What is wrong with this lady? A lots of people died in this, and everyone lost their houses. That's and terrible. Had to move. Yeah. They were forced to move again. They found themselves in the town of Correggio, Italy, with nothing but the clothes on their backs. This is more northern Italy now. When she was born, she was born in southern Italy, more towards the end of the boot. Okay. So now she's up towards Like near the, the heel? Mm-hmm. Okay. No. I, I don't even know if that's real. Yeah. There's a heel well, and sort a toe. Of. Yeah, but it was an arch. Yeah, <laughs> she's up near the top now. Okay, not completely to the north, but northern Italy. This town was very welcoming, and the family rented a large house with an attached storefront. Leonardo was quick to open a shop selling a little of this and a little of that. I'm picturing it as one of those old country stores that we go to up in the mountains, but I'm sure it's nothing like that at all. I'm figuring that she was selling crystal balls. Well, she sold things like that and like old. Magic books and tea cakes and soaps. Oh, and, she's just asking for trouble with yeah, that kind of stuff. I'm telling sells, you, that don't ever lead nowhere good. All kinds of things like that. So in addition to that, she would offer her clients card readings and spiritual advice. Leonardo had become obsessed over the years with magic and the occult. She studied up on it and visited palm readers as often as she could afford. She was still convinced that her mother's curse had a stronghold over her life. One of the palm readers looked at her palms and told her, that in Leonardo's right hand, she saw a prison, and in the left hand, she saw a criminal asylum. Why would this lady keep going <laughs> to palm readers? It I seems know. like most of them would be like, well, you know what? You're going to be famous. Yeah, You're going to be rich. You're going to be wealthy. It seems like to get the money to have them come back, they're either going to string them along, but no, they're just like, oh, you're going to jail. <laughs> you're going to you're jail. going to jail. And you know what? You're probably going to have something else horrible happen to you, but I'll see you next Tuesday. Can you imagine what this does to someone's psyche for someone who is already suffering from mental illness and you're like giving them more bad news? I can imagine because we were watching a video the other day which talked about the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. And they talked about how powerful the placebo effect can be in medicine to the point of where your body can actually change mm -hmm. physically because of your belief yeah. that something is changing because of some sugar pill you're taking right. in this case. And I wonder if it can have the same effect on your psyche well. to generate these things into your life. You're about to see. Let me guess, it don't get better. It doesn't. Still going bad. Needless to say, all the visits with these palm readers did nothing to help her fears. It only seemed to make things worse. Leonardo was highly regarded in Correggio and was a doting mother to her four surviving children, especially to her oldest son, Giuseppe, who was her favorite. Is there a more perfect Italian name than Giuseppe? Uh, no. Mario, maybe, but I <laughs> no, mean, that's Giuseppe. a little overdone. <laughs> Giuseppe. <laughs> Leonardo was hell-bent on keeping her children from being taken by the curse. As the years passed, likely suffering from extreme mental illness, which were undiagnosed at the time. You know, they weren't going to give her anything oh, for anxiety. it's demons is what yeah. it is. It's black magic. She became consumed with finding a way to stop this curse. She studied magic and the occult, and when her son Giuseppe came to her in 1939 and told her he was joining Mussolini's army, she knew she had to do something extreme to protect him. She was like, him. A Giuseppe! Mm -hmm. 
You're not going to join the army. <laughs> well, no, she didn't tell him he couldn't do it. She just oh. came up with a plan. Oh, she did that would ensure one better. Ensure his safety. Ah, I know how things turned out for Italy in that war, so I'm not thinking it goes well for poor Giuseppe. Well, it's not known exactly who came up with the idea, if it was her own idea or if a palm reader suggested it or whatever, but she came to the conclusion that she was going to have to do a human sacrifice oh, to save Giuseppe. Well, yeah. I told you it's going to get dark. That's terrible. Leonardo, if you've got kids listening at this point, please stop. <laughs> yes, yes, turn it off. <laughs> Leonardo, like I said, was very popular amongst the town folks of Correggio. She had many friendships with women who would stop by and buy her soaps and sundries and enjoy tea cakes and wine with her. They often went to her for fortune-telling services as well. One of these ladies was a woman named Faustina Setti. Faustina was a spinster in her 70s. I doubt that's the PC term these days, but she was an unmarried uh-huh. older lady. Let me guess. Nobody's going to miss sweet, Correct. dear, old Faustina. Faustina. Oh, you know what? At first, when you first start telling this story, I sort of pulling for this woman, but now I'm starting to think she's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Faustina had never found love, but at her age, she was still looking in her 70s. Leonardo took advantage of her plight and told Faustina that she had found the perfect mate for her. She told her of a man in the large city and said that she had shown him her picture and that he had fallen in love and wanted her to join him in the city. Faustina was elated. Leonardo was cunning and convinced Faustina that she would write she should write letters explaining her sudden move so that no one would be suspicious or accusatory of her running off to marry a man she didn't know. So she's like, you write these letters, and then I'll mail them off for you once you're gone. I don't like this woman. This is making me angry. Faustina didn't have a lot of family or friends who would notice her absence, but there would be a few questions. So Leonardo told her, you know, I've got these letters. I'll send them out. All will be good. They'll know where you're at. Everything's good. Your husband's waiting. Where's Where's the old... The whole husband in the situation of this That's what I want to know. Right Where is he Where all he the go? time? Was he, he a trial run of this whole thing? You don't hear maybe? anything about him for a long time. Maybe he figured out she's a psychopath maybe he's he just working. Town. He's just working all the time. That's why he doesn't have a neck. I think they may have gotten separated at some point, but it's unclear. Leonardo also charged Fasina her life savings of 30,000 lira for her matchmaking services. I think that's around so $9,000 today. Taking advantage of the woman in the sense that she's, I'm assuming this is, she's the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Just assuming, I don't know. But she's going to take all her money, too. Well, she's not going to need it. Well, that's true, but her family (laughs) might. She doesn't have any. Yeah, but she might give it, I'm thinking of Sophia. She'd give it to the the mission. Right. I'm not sure how much money, if it's really 30,000 lira, but whatever it is, however much she had, she gave it all to her. So she gladly handed it over for her for her last chance at love. And as Faustina was preparing to leave, Leonardo invited her over to share a glass of wine in celebration. Oh, no. The tiny woman sat at the table enjoying her glass of vino, dreaming of the new life ahead of her, when Leonardo quietly got up to retrieve something. At this time, Faustina started to feel dizzy and very weak. You see, Leonardo had added a little poison to the wine. Just a smidge for flavoring, I'm sure. Unable to react, Faustina sat helplessly as Leonardo came up behind her with an axe. Mm. 
She brought the axe down on the back of Faustina's neck, nearly severing her head. She dragged the body into a closet, where she dismembered the body into nine pieces. She made sure to gather all the blood into a large bowl. What did she do next? Let's hear it from Leonardo herself. These are her words. I threw the pieces into a pot, added seven kilograms of caustic soda, which I had brought to make soap, and stirred the whole mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied into a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs, as well as a bit of margarine, kneading all the ingredients together. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit, though Giuseppe and I ate them also. Okay. Uh, I have a question. <laughs> I told you this was dark. I have several questions. Okay. She believes she needed to perform a human sacrifice mm-hmm. to keep her son from going to the war or to keep him from keep dying him alive. in the war. She thought he needed okay. to consume the blood. That's why she fed him the tea cake. So he wasn't in on this? No. Okay. Not to your knowledge. Or Not to my knowledge. We'll find out. Well, we'll say to my knowledge, I didn't know he was or was not into this. But if he was in on it, which I guess when you tell me if he was or wasn't, it'll clear some things up for me. But um, this seems extremely elaborate Well, for somebody who just is concerned about human sacrifice. I believe there's more to this than what you've told me to this point, or at least it's going to go somewhere a little bit more extreme than even this. Most people aren't interested in just one topic. Don't settle for a podcast about just one subject. That rhymed. Greetings. We're technically a conversation, a podcast for curious people by curious people. On our podcast, we do things just a little bit different. Every week, we share a new topic and the other hosts have no idea what the topic will be. Our topics are all over the place, from light and funny to dark and sometimes spooky. We've covered everything from true crime, historical events and people, the supernatural and the occult. I like that. Urban legends and folklore. My favorite. No matter what we cover, we try to make the episodes interesting and funny. Eh, eh, eh. Don't mean to be the bad guy, but our lawyer said we legally couldn't call our show funny. We have a lawyer? Let me tell you what I told our lawyer. Come here so I can show you how far I can legally stick my high-heeled boot up your... Check us out at technicallyaconversation.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Technically a Conversation. We're like a lifestyle brand. Yeah. Yeah, she decided this one sacrifice was not enough. Well, what do you know? What do you know? You got yourself an old serial killer Mm -hmm. here in the making. She decided she needed another victim. This time she targeted a woman named Francesca Sobi. So why was the first one not good enough? Do you know? It's unclear. It's just in her mind. She's she's mentally ill. Or (laughs) did she just enjoy doing it? That's another thing. She might have been enjoying it. Hmm. This is disturbing. I'm, I'm, I feel dirty. <laughs> Francesca was in desperate need of a job, which she made known to Leonardo on one of her visits. Leonardo, being the kind, helpful neighbor, was more than happy to assist Francesca in her search for a fee of 3,000 lira. Leonardo found her the perfect job. She excitedly tells Francesca about a job at an all-girls school in the city of Piacenza. But she'll have to leave immediately. Yeah. First, though, you got to go in the closet. <laughs> right back here. This like, very closet. 
Like with Faustina, she convinced Francesca to write letters for Leonardo to Mel after she left Correggio. On September 5, 1940, Leonardo invites Francesca over to celebrate her good fortune and offers her friend a glass of wine. Oh, well, we all know where this is going. As the drugged wine took effect, Leonardo again grabbed her axe and struck the woman on the back of the neck. Francesca, too, was dismembered and turned into soaps and tea cakes. Oh, goodness. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah, Leon- I can see why you decided that you wanted to do this story. You haven't it's really crazy. been able to go into real true crime like this. It's crazy. I think the last episode we did that was even close to this gruesome was The Butcher of Savannah. Yeah, I think so. Leonardo was becoming quite proficient at dismembering and breaking down bodies. She was also getting away with it because the ladies didn't have many family members that would be looking for them. And by mailing the letters, the people that did care about them, believe the two women were off living their best lives. Yeah, because she's smart enough to set them up to where it'd be like, mm, I got an excuse now. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be looking for them. And if they ever do, it, no one's ever going to think it's because they got chopped up right. by a crazy lady. <laughs> and turned into cake into and soap. soap. It's crazy. Really? You would think that the sacrifice of two women would be enough to protect Giuseppe. But Leonardo was not convinced. She quickly set out to find another victim. But this time, she chose the wrong woman. Uh Uh-oh. Virginia Cacioppo was well-known in the town of Correggio. She was a former opera singer who had performed at Piazza del Scala, which is considered to be one of the most prestigious theaters in the world. I'm glad you aren't trying to get me to read these things. I'm probably butchering it. (laughs) Butchering it. You know, there actually are no vowels in that word. Probably not. Her days as a singer were behind her. She was now in her 50s and was looking for work. Leonardo just happened to know a wealthy man in Florence that needed a secretary and felt this was a perfect fit for Virginia. It's Enrico Palazzo! (laughs) On September 30th, 1940, so this is just 25 days after the murder of Francesca. So the frequency is getting closer and closer. The first two, I think, were about eight months apart. So and she these needs, two are, are, so, yeah. so the woman's basically, really, it sounds like she's got a bloodlust mm-hmm. about her now. So Virginia happily paid Leonardo 50,000 lira for her help. And after writing letters to her family and friends at Leonardo's behest, the two sat down to enjoy a glass of wine. Oh. I'm sure you can see where this is going. I have a pretty good idea. Again, I'll let Leonardo describe it in her own words. She ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, I was able to make the most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better because that woman was really sweet. This woman so she's crazy. is not only a psychopath and a serial killer, She's a cannibal. And she's a cannibal. And she's a extortionist. So you on see top of all that, the next picture, this is the cauldron that she used. Oh, it's got Ed Gein vibes yeah. here. And I only know that because I've seen Ed Gein's mm-hmm. cauldron at the place we're going to talk about in an upcoming episode someday. One account that I read said that when Giuseppe came home, she forced him to let her bathe him with her special soup. I don't know if this is true, but it wouldn't surprise me, given her state of mind. I still want to know if he was in on it or if he had a clue what's going on. I can't wait to find out. I feel 
I feel like I don't know because I haven't read her script because she actually won't let me see her script. I'm only looking at pictures. So all of my reactions are as this is happening. Yeah, he's never heard the story. I've, I have no clue what the story is, but I I feel like the you son like he has something to do with it. Has an idea of what's going on. At least that's my assumptions based off of what you said so far. So far, no one had missed these women who had suddenly disappeared from Correggio. But like I said, Virginia was different. She happened to have a nosy sister-in-law who lived in the town. The sister-in-law was very close to Virginia and was convinced that she would never have left without telling her. Yeah. She went to the police and told them that the last time she had seen Virginia, she was entering the home of Leonardo. See, this is where the woman went wrong. She's picking people that are close to her situation. Mm-hmm. Seems like she'd just go well, find. Where are you going to find outsiders in your town? Like it wasn't like people just come into town. Well, if I'm right, and her son's in on this whole thing, he could have been gathering victims for them. But, I mean, maybe he's not in on it. Maybe he had nothing to do with it. I don't know. And you see this next picture? This is the kitchen, and that's how the cauldron the was. fatal cauldron. Isn't that crazy? This is, uh, why does it say Sydney, Australia? This is the paper it was in. Okay. Yeah, that's, that is like grim fairy tale looking yeah. bobs here. Oh. Uh. The police began an investigation and quickly found evidence related to the missing woman. She was not very good at cleaning up her messes. She did not. Well, for, from what I've seen, and I could be wrong, most serial killers, or what is the proper term for them? Is it psychopath or sociopath? Well, it depends. Some of them are one or the other. Some are both. Well, <laughs> the ones that sort of, in a way, want credit for what they've done. The psychopath. And don't care if people find yeah. out. They don't want to be caught, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're the ones that are like hanging around, taking trophies, well, all this stuff. Had it not been for the sister-in-law, she probably would have gotten away with that one too. Yeah. But she would have eventually, apparently if she's this sloppy, eventually she would have come across somebody yeah. that she should not have been messing with. She should have stopped when she was ahead before she... Well, she, she should have done it at all. done it. Ever, like, after number two. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she shouldn't have done any of them, but she was getting crazy doing it in just 25 she days. She was probably getting emboldened by yeah. it because she got away with it twice. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, "I nobody's going to catch me. No one's going to suspect me. Well, yeah, she's this little old lady. I mean, she's probably in her 40s at this point because it's 1941. Yeah. So, yeah, she's in her 40s, but she looks older than that, don't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She doesn't look my age. She's like a freaking monster is what she looks like. (laughs) So the police find a lot of evidence around, but they're not convinced that Leonardo is capable of pulling off such crimes on her own. Even though they found the evidence at her house? They begin to suspect Giuseppe, who lives at the house. Had she confessed? Hold on. They're throwing all these accusations at him because he's seen... Delivering these letters at the post office. So he's delivering the letters that were written. Mm -hmm. Still don't know that he knows why he's delivering letters, but I have a feeling he does. All these letters were dropped off on the same day, even though the women left on different days and were supposed to have put them in the mail when they left. But so they're all mailed at once. Well, he could have been running an errand for his mom and not his. Like, well, if you told Ethan to go do something, it ain't like he's going to pay attention to what. If you said, Ethan, I need you to go mail all these mm-hmm. letters. Well, that's it, exactly what happened. He okay. was being accused and they were convinced that he had something to do with it. And she was having none of that. Yeah. She confessed in great detail, saying that she had acted alone. 
She said that she had him mail the letters, but he didn't know what they were or what they were about. I would no buy knowledge. that based off of what I know so far. So from all accounts, he had no knowledge of what she was doing at all. If he really didn't, by mm-hmm. all accounts, assuming he would he have not eaten having, the cakes? I no, don't think no, so. Not unless he's a psychopath. That's what I'm saying. He wouldn't have eaten that, and he wouldn't have taken and a she bath. She ate of the, the soap. cakes yeah, too. She ate them too. I wonder if she ate them because she, she truly it believed really it was part of the magic she yeah. needed to do. Or yes. she did it because she wanted to taste I think she it. was convinced in her mind that this was magic. Oh, can you imagine? Obviously, Giuseppe had to know his mom wasn't all there. Well, he found that out. He had a hard time believing it at first. That's what I'm saying. Until he, she confessed. Well, there's a difference between thinking, you know, your mom's maybe not all there and saying, oh, my mom's a serial yeah. killer and a cannibal. And oh, by the way, you ate some people. Well, Can you imagine finding out that you had not just the... Your mom's a serial killer. My mom the, is not, but... <laughs> I mean, this is yeah. conjecture. Yeah. Well, no, it's not conjecture, because then I'd be like, well, maybe she is. I don't know. <laughs> no. Kay, let us know in the comments. If <laughs> she is not. <laughs> Her mom's a sweet lady. Yeah. She ain't no serial killer. No, but if she were, I point, would be shocked. The point I'm trying to make here is, is that, yeah, he knew his mom had to have clues that there was something wrong mentally with mm-hmm. his mom. But uh, how do you deal with not only finding out that your mom's a serial killer, but that she's also a cannibal. And by the way, you've eaten people yourself. Well, some um, accounts say that he really loved her and that he stood by her. And then some say that he never talked to her again. Or there's a picture of him. I don't know if you can see it now. But um, okay. he was at the trial, I believe. So. Looks like he's behind a cast iron fence. Yeah, so yeah. he was at the trial. So I don't oh. know if he was learning all the details at that point. And then made the decision Goats to never talk to her shocked. again. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Yeah. Leonardo was arrested and went on trial in the town of Reggio Emilia in 1946. And this next picture is her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't see it. No, she's like a sweet little old lady. She does. She was unrepentant at trial, still believing that she had done the right thing. Here's a quote from a newspaper at that time. At her trial in Reggio Emilia last week, Poetess Leonarda gripped the witness stand rail with oddly delicate hands and calmly set the prosecutor right on certain details. Her deep-set dark eyes gleamed with a wild inner pride as she concluded, I gave the copper ladle, which I used to skim the fat off the kettles, to my country, which was so badly in need of metal during the last days of the war. So she thinks... She thinks she's done something good. Mm-hmm. She thinks that she's done something of value and has contributed. Mm-hmm. Did she think that what she was doing, the magic aspect of it, was helping them win the war? No, but what she's saying is that she did the things that she that were necessary and that she's a good citizen of Italy that she even donated to the war effort. And like the prosecutor may have gotten things wrong in laying out the crime, and she was st- sitting there correcting him every time. She's like, no, 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 I did it like this. No, I did this. This is how it happened. Well, the prosecutor probably got to a point where he was leading her and letting her fill yeah. in details like, just to say, oh, by the way, that she definitely mm-hmm. did all of these things. Yeah. So I'm sure if she were today, she'd be diagnosed with all kinds of mental oh, disorders. of course. But regardless, she was found guilty and sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. That's it. So I guess the palm reader that saw prison on one hand and the asylum on the other was right all along. Oh, wow. And That's that? one of them M. Night Shyamalan twist mm-hmm. endings right mm-hmm. there. As Italy's first known female serial killer, 
Leonardo earned the moniker the soap maker of Correggio. And that sounds a little benign to me. It sounds like the opera that would be on a Bugs Bunny cartoon, <laughs> yeah. you know, where Elmer Fudd's yeah. riding a big white fluffy horse. Well, especially and, if you can pronounce it in Italian. That's English, but they have it in Italian, which I can't pronounce. I like, wouldn't even attempt it. Yeah. So it sounds really like an opera. Oh, I can point. say it's fromaggio. But I think which is cheese, right? like today they would have named her something like the tea cake cannibal or the Carreggio cannibal. Just the soap maker. Well, just see, that, the soap but that maker. Doesn't I think. Seem, but that'd be more that like a movie title. It'd be like, it's the soap maker. Yeah, but it doesn't seem scary because you don't know what she made the soap from. Well, yeah, I would find it scary. Why they call it a soap maker? And then you'd have to like watch the previews, and it'd be like in a world where <laughs> soap is made. Well, with all the horror, don't ask about the ingredients. <laughs> oh, don't. With all the horror that Leonardo committed to save her son, he did end up surviving the war. So I don't know if it was because of her magic or because of just no, <laughs> no. no. But she believed that it was. Well, good for her. And there's really no confirmation on whether or not her children lived, but there's nothing I could find that said they didn't outlive her. So I think they probably did live to be adults oh, and older. So her. all's well that why did they not put this woman in the chair? Oh, I guess because of her mental illness, because she ended I up. I thought you asylum. said they didn't recognize. that. Well, I didn't say they didn't recognize it. They just didn't diagnose her with anything, and it was too late at that point. She's already murdered three people. Oh uh, well, I guess they kept her away from the kitchen. Yeah, in the prison. I don't know. Her husband became an alcoholic and died not long after the trial. I believe, which you can understand. Well, that is not even have. a remote shock. While in prison, Leonardo wrote her memoir called Confessions of an Embittered Soul. She went into great detail of her crimes, which is why we have her descriptions of exactly what she did with the women. And I found a little video on YouTube of her in the prison. They have her talking, but she's obviously speaking Italian, and there's no subtitles. So I can't understand what she's saying, but it's really interesting to watch her talk. You can tell there's something off about her, even though you can't understand the language. Mm. So there's a picture of her in prison. Okay. But they have a video. So if you can go, I try to put it on here, but if you go to YouTube, if y'all want to go look it up, just type in her name and prison and it should pop up. It's and only like a two minute. If you speak Italian, you Let might us know, know what's what she going says. on. Yeah. We have no idea. I don't it's speak only It's Italian. like a minute or two video. It's very short, but it'd be interesting to know what she's saying. Yeah. Leonardo Conciuli died on October 15th, 1970, while in the criminal asylum at Pizzulu, or Pizzuli. She died from a cerebral apoplexy at 76 years old. I'm not Take sure what that three. Is. I don't know what that was. She's <laughs> still probably not apoplexy? saying it right, but neither one of us knows. I might have typed it incorrectly, but I think it's like a brain hemorrhage. It has something to do with the brain. Something to do with the brain, which... Which makes sense, yeah. honestly, based on this story, yeah. Many of the items obtained from the home, like the cauldron and the axe, are on display at the Criminological Museum in Rome. You can see the picture. Oh, I do. Those are the three ladies. The knives and hatchets Mm -hmm. and cleavers and ugh. So the next time we go to the farmer's market and see those homemade soaps, I may inquire a little further into what exactly is in those soaps. Is that uh, by chance imported from Italy? (laughs) Italy. Because I don't know if I'm into Italian vintage no more. In fact, we have some homemade soap that we got from the cabin when we went to Kylie's wedding. And I just got it out the other day and put it in the bathroom upstairs. And I told you this the other day. 
that Layla was super interested in it. And she never goes in that bathroom because she's afraid she'll have to take a bath. But she keeps going in there and sniffing that soap. So now I I'm a little suspicious. I wonder if it's got suspicious. some kind of special ingredient. I conjectured it might have coconut oil in it. But now I'm thinking there might be some other kind of oil altogether. I hope it is not. <laughs> well, I certainly do. I'm too. not using it. <laughs> well, it smells good. It does smell good, but I'm not So it's got that it. going for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not using it. Well, she said those tea cakes tasted sweet, but that doesn't mean I would eat them. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay, well, that was really dark and messed up and screwy, but thanks for sharing. <laughs> that was crazy, right? You weren't kidding when you said you need to slap a warning label on this episode. Yeah, I told you. It was something. Yeah. So that's going to bring us to the portion of the episode where we... Insert graphic here. Did you read that in a crystal ball? I did. Oh. Okay. <laughs> What What we're we're watching. So this week, we have been starting on a new TV show because we caught up on pretty much, I think we finished the makeup show we were watching, right? Yeah. Face Off. You were looking for a new show, and I don't know where you came up with this one, probably from a podcast. It was a commercial that I saw while watching YouTube. Okay. Well, yeah, that's your new obsession. It's replaced the the gaming that you're so proud Mm -hmm. of quitting. You've completely... Replaced with watching YouTube videos. Well, while I'm watching the YouTube videos, though, I'm also doing other things. So You multitask. Yeah, I'm multitasking. So you never waste time. No, I'm not wasting time. I'm not just sitting there. So what we've been watching is a TV show called Death and Other Details. And that's a 2024 show coming on Hulu. And the short description that we've got on this is Detective Rufus Coatsworth and his protege, Imogene, Dig for the truth on a Mediterranean ocean liner where everyone is hiding something. So on our Patreon, we talked a little bit about this show, but we wanted to do that on our full episode so we can go ahead and give it a nice actual review. Yeah, we just recommended watching it. We didn't really get into it. Okay. So this show's got a lot of stuff going for it. And I think, Crystal, why don't you tell us what you think about it and give us that dog treat rating on our arbitrarily chosen scale of one to 12 dog treats in ascending or descending order, whichever you prefer. Oh, the lady, the leading lady has some great bangs, even though it's a wig. (laughs) So I like that. It's just so good. Why don't you just get a wig? I have a couple. But I mean like But one's wig. green and one's purple. Get one like that lady on TV. Show. I get a pink one. I get a pink she one. She wearing pink. I get a blonde one. That's what I mean. Get your blonde wig like her and then you, oh, then and you then can I, have options. I could have options. Yeah. I could do that. Okay. It's not permanent. So basically this very, very uber rich family rents an entire giant boat. What kind of boat Ship. would you say it is? That's a pleasure Crew yacht, yeah, it's massive. It's, it's huge, just like, it's like a, mega a yacht. yeah, it's like a carnival cruise size thing. More of a cruise ship, really. yeah. It's, like yeah, a it's, cruise it's ship. not a yacht; it's a cruise. It's ship. a cruise ship, yeah. and they're trying to make a business deal. So you get all these other business people on there, and the main girl. It flashes back to when she's a child, and they hired this Rufus Coatsworth to come and investigate her mother's murder. And she had been taken in by this rich family because her mother worked for them. And he comes in and things happen and he doesn't end up solving her murder at that time. And he has a falling out with the family. So she doesn't see him again for 20 years or so. She believes that he's abandoned the case and he had promised to stay and to solve this Yeah, because she was a little girl at that time and now she's grown up 
And so this is the first time she sees him. And a murder happens on the ship. And it turns out to be someone that is not who you think at first. It turns out to be someone entirely different. You think it's somebody that might ought to deserve a good killing. And then you yeah. find out there's more to his character than you thought first revealed. Yeah, so then they're trying to solve the murder. And she's going around with him because he's like the master of solving crimes or something. He's like Inspector Clouseau, yeah. except more inspectory. Yeah, and so you like the fact that this is played by who? Mandy Patinkin, which anyone would know as anyone would know as Hello, you killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> From the Princess Bride, Inigo Montoya. And he doesn't look anything like himself anymore, does Not he? Not at all. You would never recognize him. I still don't. I still Even don't I know who he is. I'm looking at him I'm like, this like, is that's not that you. can't be you. That's not you. But I know something that you don't know. I am not left-handed. <laughs> well, there was someone else on that show that was in something we watched. And, oh, you know, the woman who's like the head of all the staff? Yes, she was on Hell on Wheels. Was she? Yeah. I sort of blocked that show out from my memory, honestly, because the way the last season ended. That was her. That was her? Yeah. Boy. Playing the little boy, but it was a girl. Oh. That he was interested in? That was? Yeah. I, that whole last season, to me, just didn't feel like it was authentic to the yeah. TV show. I don't care what. They did with a character or anything like that. It's just it did not feel like it felt like it. The show was moving towards a destination, and then it got up to the last season, and they're like, "We're just going to change everything. Everything's going to change, mm -hmm. and not for the better." Well, this show so far has been great. The only thing I don't like is that it how you have to wait a week for each episode to come out. It's not like Netflix; they don't release it all at once. We need to binge watch it. I know we're only on episode four, yes. and they make you think that they've solved it. But clearly they have not. Even the narration voiceover is like, yeah, you, there seems to be a lot more details yeah. to talk about. We're only halfway through. Yeah, so it's not going to be credits for the next five episodes yeah. or whatever. So I think it's ten episodes long. Mm. So, so based off of what we've seen so far, what's gonna, your opinion? I'm going to give it ten out of twelve. Wow, that is a lot higher than I would have thought you would have given really? it. I really? I really thought like especially it. this last episode we watched was a little weak. Really? I did. Well, I you mean, didn't think it's it was a little build. weak. Yeah, I know, but this the particular episode felt a little weak. Well, I guess this particular episode would be weaker than the others, but it's only episode four, so I'm giving Which it leads the benefit you to believe, of the What's going to happen now? I know. So we'll revisit it once we have finished it, and then, because we're not rating it per episode. I'm rating it as the four episodes we've yeah. seen as a whole. So don't I take really this like rating it. as the final rating. This is just this an is preliminary. interim it's rating. preliminary. Interim. <laughs> it's happening. It's before I give my finals. Yeah. Okay. Your preliminary rating. Mm -hmm. Well, my preliminary rating of this show is two out of 12. Uh-uh. No, I'm just kidding. It's not two you out of 12. You like it. I do like it. I'm going to give it a... I don't know. Uh, Can you I make guess, these ratings tea cakes instead uh, of uh, no. dog treats? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. What about bars of soap? <laughs> You're a psychopath. <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an eight. I, okay. um, I I like it. I like the aesthetic. I like the Maybe sets. Maybe you stayed awake and saw the whole episode. Uh, you might like it better. <laughs> nah. I mean, I don't it's stay awake. It's got great like, sets. 
<laughs> I just love that. I was going to see how long you would just sit there and stare at me. She thinks I'm I can't gonna, think of the word. She's thinking I'm going to hit this little button I've got here that we do to do take. What is the word I'm looking for? And I'm just staring at her and saying, uh, I think the word you're looking for Gosh. is les incompetents. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> you're what the French call. <laughs> no, I was looking for. What is the word? I can't think of it. I have totally lost track it's not of aesthetics. what you're trying to say. No, it's something else. Are you talking about the appearance of the sets? Well, not yes, but in a different word. Ah, oh, the set appearance. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like all the stuff that they put on the screen, okay? I like the props. That's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. They got some nice ones props. up there. They probably went to eBay and the got a props. few of them. Props. That's the word I was looking props. for. Yes, the props. They wouldn't come wow. to me. Wow. That was really like pulling teeth. <laughs> you could have made that so much easier. I don't. I really don't even remember what we were talking about. I like the props. Oh, okay, that's great. <laughs> I like the props too. Okay, that's why I gave it an eight <laughs> for the not the, the story. Yeah, the story. The story's trash. But it is the not. Props are, the props are great. Look, I can't give the show less than eight just because it has an ego Montoya in it. Correct. I mean, and, and the bangs. If the thing falls apart. From this point forward, like you still got it, the banks and you still got Anigo or whatever yeah, his name is. Yeah, if this thing falls apart from this point forward, I, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to go lower than eight just oh, because he's in it. And they're all wearing a necklace similar to this. She seems to have caught on to something. She thinks there's some significance. Which, when she pointed it out to me, I was like, that seems like too many non-connected people yeah. having the same. Style article of, of jewelry, yeah. a very specific style. It's, it's like not a something. Paper clip is what it, paper it's something style. that's innocuous and you wouldn't notice, but she did. But and I when would. she pointed it out, I did start noticing it, and I said, "There's got to be some significance to this," mm-hmm. but there probably isn't. It's there probably a red herring. There will because be. they said pay attention to the details. details. See, that's a detail. I think you're going to find out the whole time that the detective guy probably never existed. And it's a fabrication of Imogene's mind, or it's something she pulled from a book. I'm calling that right now. Well, how are they interacting with him then? Because the girl's crazy. She's crazy. She's crazy. That's my. I'm way off, but (laughs) if if I get even a portion of that right, I want to sound like a genius. I think the paperclip necklace had something to do with it. Yeah, it it was the 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 actual killer the whole time. Mm -hmm. I think so. He moves from person it to person. It a harpoon gun. <laughs> Not <laughs> and then rolled away, anything away. And then rolled away in a bar cart. <laughs> yeah. As you do on a cruise ship, you know? Yeah. So, go watch it. Yeah. Not for not for children. No. There's definitely, definitely not. adult situations and content. It and is worse than the story I just told you. What? Parts of it are worse than the story we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So watch it, but not with your children if you like stuff of that nature. Very noir. Is that yeah. is that a word for it? Noir, maybe? Except it's not black and white, but yeah. So that's going to bring us to the portion of the show that we like to call Layla, Layla and, and Coffee, Coffee Talk. Talk. And this week, something very, very serious happened very in Crystal's traumatic. life. Very traumatic for her. Okay, I'm still not over this, people. So the other morning... I was laying in bed, and Brett gets up, and he lets the dogs out. And after a little while, they come back in, and they usually come and see me. And I sleep with a sleep mask on 
but I had pulled it up a little bit and I could just barely see. It's dark in the room, but I could see like in shadow. And Coffee comes bounding in there and she's coming straight for me. Rockets in there is a better term. And her face doesn't look quite right. It's like elongated. And I can't figure out what it is. And I'm like, what have you got in your mouth? And I jump up and I look as she drops a giant rat, a dead rat, onto the bed next to me. <laughs> yeah, and I was sitting in my room. She's like, Brat, Brat. And she started, started screaming. screaming at and the I top thought of my that lungs. she was like dying or something. I was. And I ran in the room and she's like, she's. She's got, and she's standing up beside the bed, and coffee's on the bed. She's like, she's got a rat, and there's this huge, I mean, it's like. About, We've told you guys. like that long. That there rat. are giant rats that jump through the palm trees around here. Well, this one ain't jumping no more. No. And it was laying right on the, she, she apparently came and dropped it right on the pillow, and poor old coffee. She poor was coffee. She was just doing, she thought she was doing something good. She's bringing you something, showing you like, look, mommy, what I did. I got rid of that thing you've been complaining about. Yeah, that's not how I saw it. Well, you saw it up close, so you should know how you saw it. Oh, <laughs> it's you like, think it's funny, do you? Yeah, I, no, no, it's not funny. It, it is, it is, kind, it is kind of humorous. Funny, it was disgusting. Yeah, see, I had to you got her all riled up now. She's turning around up under the table. She's just sad. She's sad. I'm traumatized. Well, you now every morning I'm terrified of her coming in there. Like I'm like looking to see what she's got. Because she comes in at the speed of light. She doesn't do anything slow. Yeah. She runs from one place to the other. She just comes in there and just drops it like that. And I'm like, <laughs> there you go, mommy. Jumped out of bed, screaming at the top of my lungs. Well, at least she didn't come in there quietly and get up there and just start chewing oh, on it beside gosh. you. Oh, gosh. I would have died. Doing to it what she does to her toys. Because that might have been where she was planning on going with that. I literally nearly died. Yeah. My daughter said her soul would have left her body if that happened to her. <laughs> You know, it wasn't funny at the time, but now it's kind of like you, you feel kind of bad for her because I really think she thought she was doing something good. I think she was and proud of herself, her. and she got scared, and she came and got up under under me in my office. Well, she was and like she was sulking so the rest sad. of the day because she felt like she did something bad. She thought she did something good, and it turns out that's not what mommy wants. It is not. But, hey, that's one less big, massive rat out in the yard. So that's true. There are probably about a hundred thousand more by this point now that's replaced them the way that they repopulate. But uh, yeah, at least she's doing her small part. She also got herself a piece of raw chicken when I was cooking dinner the other night. I walked into the hallway to grab a lighter to light a candle, and as I walk back in, she's up there getting a piece of chicken I had just cut. What a great dog she is! She's all a the carnivore. way around, all the way around. She's just thinking about you. By you know bringing your rats and stealing your dinner before it's cooked, of course, because mm-hmm. it's raw and she's going to eat the raw chicken. Yeah, so this month has been something else, I'll tell you. Hey, but at least you stopped playing games <laughs> on your phone. Maybe I should just go play a game. You should. I should. I really want to get another VR headset. Oh, so I can do like the so, video my mom sent me where the woman just smashes her head right into the wall. No, but that would be kind That's of what I would happen to do. I want to get another one so we can both have one and so that we can wear it and that we can I've I've got this new thing. I'm playing this casino game. I can spend money and not really spend money. And I've started yeah. learning. I didn't know how to do this and she would watch it on TV and I'm still not good at it, but I've gotten better. But I started playing Texas Hold'em 
in this fake casino with real people playing. It feels all like these people really that there. are cussing like sailors. Well, I mute some of them if they get you know abusive or aggressive, then I'll, I'll mute them. But <laughs> and you know, I've I've talked to some people. Like last night, I was talking to a a, a Mets fan. I know you're telling him where you live. I'm like, what the heck? Have you not heard of psychos online? They'll oh, come I mean, find I gave you. him. <laughs> you gave him your. I address. gave him my home address. <laughs> you did. He sounded totally <laughs> legit. He ain't no way he can find me. <laughs> I mean, come on. We don't actually live in Savannah. We live in uh, Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, Hulkaboa, Honolulu, Hawaii. You got to be careful who you give information to online. I don't know that I can trust you. You can't. Well, I think the solution to the whole matter is is that. To get me a VR headset? To get you a VR headset so that you can play poker with me. So we can have a little activity like that. You could be floating over the table as you do and. I could be winning us some fake money, baby. I want some money on that Chiefs game. Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah, I could get you one for Valentine's and Day. since we don't have reservations at any fancy restaurants, we could stay home and play Vegas, fake Vegas games. You would love that. I would not. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> you won't even do it with me. I want you to do it with me. I think it would be well, fun. Well, not for Valentine's Day. I wasn't going to expect that. <laughs> I know what I want to get you for Valentine's Day, and it's not a VR headset. What is it? It's it's a VR headset. Oh, okay. No, it's something else, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Although, if I got it for you right now, wrapped it up, put it in front of you, you would whine about it until I let you open it because you don't like presents. Oh, you can't do that. You like presents? It's two weeks in advance. You no. like presents, but you don't like them not being open. You oh, like to have them, yes. but you don't like to have them I don't like to wait. wrapped. Yeah. It's the one thing that you're more impatient about than I am. Mm-hmm. Is presents mm-hmm. like I literally don't even care if I get presents, but when I get them, I love them. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I had a present, and you're like, "Here's your birthday present, Brett." You can't open it till your birthday on May 18th, and I'd be like, "Okay," you know, and I'll just wait. So, aren't you better than everyone else? I, I really Earth? am. I, I wanted bet to bring you don't that even up. play games on your phone. I d- well, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I never said I wouldn't. So you know, it's not like I'm breaking some code of ethics that I've set for myself. It's like I want to play Uno. Well, I'm trying to be more productive this year. Ah, uh, but but who's telling you you have to do that? It's your brain. Yeah, it's your brain. I want to be more productive. But it's never enough for you. It's well, never enough. It's getting better. And see, that's the thing. It's like the only person that's punishing you is you. Well, are you getting any other things done that you set out to do? Yes, I am. What? I'm winning money. <laughs> I <laughs> won a lot of money. Like I said, I won a lot of money on that. I won eighty thousand fake I, I dollars. Did. I lost forty thousand fake dollars on the line. <laughs> so if you want to find us online, you can go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media sites if you look for the user at Scary Savannah. As we mentioned earlier, please go check out our Patreon. You can get ad-free episodes. You can get early access so that you can hear our episodes on Fridays instead of Sundays. And you can also get bonus content and a weekly sneak peek episode where we talk about the upcoming week's episode and also whatever else it is we're thinking about that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, we're recording a bonus episode this week that'll be out soon. Yeah, and and a full-fledged bonus that our our top-tier members will Mm -hmm. be able to listen to. And it's probably going to be in the vein of... Something we wouldn't air on our main feed, right? That's stuff in the news that's going on right now. Yeah, I wouldn't air that in the main feed because the news is dark. <laughs> Who knows what it's about? Who knows? But we might talk about it on the Patreon. And you can find that Patreon 
at patreon.com forward slash scary savannah or go to our website and click on the tab that says patreon check out our merch go to the store find some cool stuff on the store get crystal some coffee please we haven't got any coffee we never have any coffee she drinks it all she drinks more coffee now than she ever has at any moment in our relationship i really do it's, it's a problem. I have it on auto ship from Amazon now. Yeah, it's it's a problem. So please support her habits. So, like be an enabler. We should do it. <laughs> we should do a level that says enabler. Go to our website, click the little yellow coffee cup icon in the bottom left that will allow you to do that. We would also love for you to look at us on YouTube if you haven't. All of our episodes are also video podcasts. You can check us out and see those on there. See the pictures. You see what Leonardo looks like. She is a looker. Oh, yeah. And her husband was just <laughs> as much in the same boat. He was a dream boat. He was. Is what I'm saying. Also, make sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And tell your friends who might like this show. Please. Please. We ask <laughs> as nicely as we can. We mm-hmm. want everyone to know how amazing you are for sharing our show with them and don't forget about the game giveaway you only have a few days left only a few days left check it out click on the top and you can do it you know it's going to be someone in like australia and the postage is going to be like more than the game costs (laughs) oh it's going to be italy yeah italy (laughs) it's going to be italy anyone in italy want this game they'll be like can you put a few pieces of your own personal clothing in there as well as some hair maybe some toenail clippings and such and then come we can celebrate this new game and have a little party. Maybe drink some vino. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> All I got to say is vino. <laughs> so that brings us to the portion of the episode where you say 15 small words and then we hit stop and you fuss at me because we didn't play a board game. Join us next time in Savannah where the ghosts and the good times live on. But do you know who don't? Probably our family-friendly rating if I keep letting you write episodes for this show. Hey, we didn't have anything explicit. It wasn't explicit, but it was dark. You can do dark, you just can't do explicit. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Let's do some (laughs) real dark episodes. I think we really need to get to my Flat Earth episode because people just think it's going to be Flat Earth and it's just about the Flat Earth. But in in fact, it's probably going to have the FBI show up at our house. Oh, really? I can't wait for that. It goes that deep. Okay. Three-letter agencies all over the place. CIAs. CIAs, FBIs, some other, <laughs> some other third organization that I can't even name. It's not because I can't think of who they are offhand. It's because it's that serious. Oh, okay. So tune in next time. Okay.